Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 39, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles. Genesis chapter 39. And I want to read the first six verses. Some of you will off the bat right away recognize Genesis 39 as that Joseph chapter. And there are a lot of those, but this is maybe the one of the ones that first come to mind in terms of that Joseph chapter. Uh, chapter 37 probably is the most prevalent Joseph chapter, but chapter 39 may be second in that. And then again in chapter 47 and chapter 49. Much of the latter part of the book of Genesis is about Joseph. Now, we really are rolling back the clock from our Sunday school lesson about 450 years or so uh, in the lesson this morning. And how that the Lord, we've studied, been studying in Sunday school, how the Lord brought them out of Egyptian bondage. During the days of Joseph, we found out, find out how they got there to start with. How that his brothers sought to kill him and instead they sold him into, into slavery to some Ishmaelite servants or Ishmaelite merchant men. And those Ishmaelite people took him to Egypt and they sold him to Potiphar. Potiphar was a man of Pharaoh's house, an officer of the guard, a captain in that place. And in Potiphar's house he was accused of a crime that he did not commit and was accused of assaulting Potiphar's wife, though it was not so. But they threw him in prison. In prison he prospered, and the Lord blessed him. And the Bible said that he ran into and came to meet the butler and the baker of Pharaoh, who had been cast in prison for displeasing Pharaoh. They both had dreams. Joseph interpreted those dreams, and they came to pass. And as Joseph had predicted... The baker was killed in three days and the butler was restored in three days. And the butler forgot about Joseph. For the Bible said that the Joseph had told him, when you are restored, remember me. But Joseph was forgotten by the butler, but he was not forsaken by the Lord. And then as Pharaoh had a dream in time to come... Uh, the butler then remembered that there is a Hebrew in prison who knows how to interpret dreams. And he called him before Pharaoh. He interpreted Pharaoh's dream, the dream of those seven fat cows, seven lean cows, how seven lean ones ate the seven fat ones. Seven poor ears of corn, wind-blasted dried ears of corn, how that they devoured the seven fat or goodly ears of corn. It is a likeness of seven years of a plenty that will be followed by seven years of famine. And Joseph said, put aside 20% every year of the good times and so that you'll have something to eat and also to sell during the times of famine that are coming upon all the earth. God would use that to dream and that famine to bring the family of Joseph down to him in Egypt, and they would learn that the one they thought was dead had become the governor of the groceries in the supermarket of the world, and the Lord would bring them to him in that place. Joseph's life is revealed unto his brethren. He sends them back for his father after a couple of trips back and forth, and they sends him back for his father. His father comes to Egypt, and they dwelled in the land of Goshen. Now that's how Israel, the nation of Israel, got there in the land of Egypt. That's why they needed to get out 430 years later. After Joseph dies, there arises a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph and favored not the people of God. And that's when they went into bondage. That's when they became, became slaves of Pharaoh. But this morning we are looking back at the days when Joseph is sold into Egyptian slavery. 
And I want to read six verses in your hearing this morning and really lift a phrase from the life of Joseph. And I'm going to make the assumption, having just given you the shortest summary I have ever given of the life of Joseph, that you know where I'm going when I begin to preach about Joseph's life. I have literally preached hundreds of separate messages in the life of Joseph. I could not preach a simple sermon series and do so thoroughly in a month, two months, five months on the life of Joseph. This is one of my favorite characters of the Bible. I believe he is the most perfect type of Christ in the Old Testament. But I also believe that there is a multitude of lessons for us to learn in our lives and to draw from the life of Joseph. He's a character that is of great example unto us that we ought to give a keen eye to and learn from in the Bible. And so this morning I want to focus from a phrase that is found twice in our text this morning and two other times in the Bible as well. Genesis 39, if you found your place, if you are able and willing, I would invite you to stand with us and we'll reverence the reading of the word of the Lord this morning. Genesis chapter 39 and beginning in verse number 1. The word of the Lord says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. They brought him, he bought him. Now, if he has been bought by Potiphar, that means he is a slave. Joseph is no longer a personality. He is now property. On top of that, he's a foreigner. He does not speak the language. He does not know the culture. He does not fit in in the land. He is completely out of step. It's as low as a person can go. He's not only a slave, he's a foreign slave. He's not only a foreigner, he's a foreign slave. He is owned. He makes no decisions for himself. He has no liberties whatsoever. He it can be treated however they choose to treat him. And he has no rights to argue in a court of law for himself whatsoever. Verse number 2, though the Bible says, And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. What about that? A slave, a foreign slave, and he's a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him and made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from that time that uh, he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And I want to say something while I'm here because I'm probably not going to come back to it. Joseph being a type of Christ. The Bible said that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. You could say for Jesus' sake. Make no mistake about it. Every blessing we've ever had in our lives, every blessing God has ever given us is for Jesus' sake. We didn't earn it. We didn't buy it. But it all came from Jesus' sake. Every good and perfect gift coming from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good thing in your life is because of the grace of God on your life. He blessed us for Jesus' sake. 
He saved me for Jesus' sake. He keeps me for Jesus' sake. I'm going to heaven for Jesus' sake. I have the joy of the Lord in my life for Jesus' sake. I have food to eat, clothes to wear, a roof over my head. And my friend, peace in my soul for Jesus' sake. It's all because of Jesus. I owe it all to Him this morning. Verse number 6, And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not. By the way, if the Lord blesses you, you ought to be willing to put everything you have in his hands. And he knew not aught that he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing with us while we read the word of the Lord. There are really two phrases that I want, or two places in our text that I want to point out to you this morning, and I want to try to trim all of the fat and target directly at the thing that the Lord has put on my heart for the message today, lest I preach longer than me that you would like this morning. Verse number two, the Bible says, And the Lord was with Joseph. Verse number three, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. The Bible said in verse number 21 and in verse number 23, the Lord was with Joseph and the Lord was with him. Four times in chapter number 39, the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph or the Lord was with him. And four times, my friend, the Bible reminds us that the Lord was with Joseph. And so I'm going to preach this morning, if the Lord help us, on the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Now Joseph's life is a testimony to what happens when the Lord is with a man. The Lord was with Joseph in the pit. When he came down to the field, his brothers hated him, were jealous of him, were jealous of how his father favored him. And when he came to the field, his brothers said, let's take this dreamer and let's kill him, let's slay him. And another said, don't harm him, do not harm the child, don't trouble this child. But instead, let's throw him in a pit until we can decide what to do with him. This pit was, as it were, an open grave. It was the lowest place of his life. He was there in the pit while his brothers decided what would his fate be? What would happen to him out of that pit? It is a likeness of salvation. It's a place of death. But the Lord was with Joseph and brought him out of the horrible pit and out of the miry clay. Does anybody know what it's like to be sinking down in the pit, to be in that horrible pit? But David said, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry and brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He also had but a new song in my mouth, even praise in our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. I'm glad he knows how to visit us in the horrible pit. I remember what it was like to be in a pit of sin. Certain death seemed like it was but an open grave. But the Lord was with me. I'm glad he brought me out, saved me and changed my life. The Lord was with Joseph in the pit. And then I want to tell you the Lord was with Joseph in Potiphar's house. When they brought him out of the pit, they sold him to the Ishmaelite servants. They sold him to an Ishmaelite caravan headed down to Egypt. And they took him into Egypt and they sold him in our text of this morning unto Pharaoh's guard or 
Pharaoh's captain by the name of Potiphar. And in Potiphar's house, he became a slave unto Potiphar. But the Lord was with Joseph. And God made a slave in a foreign land a prosperous man. And God caused everything that was put in his hand to prosper. And my friend, this was a place of slavery. But it was also a place of pressure. It was a place of temptation. If you read on in our text this morning, you will find that Potiphar's wife was a lewd woman. And my friend, when I mentioned him or mentioned the story, and to my children this week and talked about it and asked them if they remembered it. And Julia said, yeah, and that Jezebel tried to get a hold of Joseph. And her name was not Jezebel, but she was a Jezebel. And she was a lewd woman who had eyes for Joseph. And she pressed upon him not once, but continually over and over and over. And he rejected her and refused her over and over and over and over again. Oh, friend, it was a place of temptation. But the Lord was with him. Listen, he'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. And Joseph never succumbed to the pressure of lewdness or worldly temptations that were set before him. You don't have to fold when worldly pressures are put on you if the Lord is with you this morning. Amen. Praise God. You can say no to the devil and all his dainties. You can say no to sin and temptation and ungodliness. It will not stop. Temptation will not stop. Pressure will not stop. The drumbeat of Satan and all of his minions will not stop. So long as we continue in this world, we will be bombarded with filth and lewdness and ungodliness of every sort on every side. There will be more than empty opportunity for every person in the building this morning my friend to turn from God and to chase after the ways of this world. If you want it it is there for you. But if you'll refuse it the Lord is with you and you can't have victory over sin and over the devil and over temptation and just because others are going that route you do not have to live as others live. Amen. Most people would have gone most people would have yielded to her temptation. But the Lord was with Joseph. He could have stolen from his master. His master didn't even know how much money he had. The only thing he knew was he had food to eat. And he trusted Joseph to take care of everything else. The Bible said Joseph could have stolen. Joseph could have committed adultery. Joseph could have become an Egyptian. Joseph could have gone into that land and been like the others. But Joseph refused that life. And he said, I will follow the Lord. The Lord was with Joseph. Amen. The Lord was with Joseph in the pit. The Lord was with Joseph in Potiphar's house. The Lord was with Joseph in the prison. My friend Joseph refused Potiphar's wife one time more than she wanted to accept. And that day she grabbed a hold of his coat and she coerced and forced him and said, come and lie with me. And he shook his head and refused. And when he did, he wriggled out of his coat, leaving his garment behind 
behind and fled from that place. And when she saw that he had left his coat behind, she screamed and cried and called for others to come and said, See, this Hebrew has come and mocked me. And he has mistreated me. And Potiphar's brought him into our house to act this way. He's left his coat behind. See here. And they took Joseph and threw him into prison and locked him up. Oh, but he didn't go to jail by himself. Amen. It was a place of captivity, a place of false accusation, a place of persecution and isolation. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison. He will never leave you. Even the butler, whenever Joseph interpreted the dreams, the butler forgot Joseph. But not only did the Lord never forget him, the Lord never forsook him. He was with him all the time. The Lord was with Joseph in the prison. The Lord was with Joseph in the palace. And the time came that Pharaoh had the dream and the butler did remember Joseph after he had been restored. He said, there's a Hebrew that, read, that knows how to read dreams, knows how to interpret dreams. And they brought him, got him a bath, cleaned him up, dressed him up, brought him before Pharaoh. And my friend Joseph began to interpret the dream. And Pharaoh said, oh, who has wisdom to set aside this corn for these seven years? Who in the world would have the authority and the wisdom in this matter to know how to handle it? There is none so wise as you, Joseph. None knew how to interpret the dream but you. And he promoted Joseph to second in command in the land of Egypt. Everything was there under his power except for Pharaoh's throne. Oh, he set him up in a place of splendor, of success, of promotion. But Joseph never let that go to his head. The Lord was with Joseph in the palace. Some people lose their brain. They lose all their senses when they're surrounded by fancy things. Some people God cannot bless with nice stuff because they don't know how to appreciate it and to be thankful and to stay humble and to stay holy and to stay meek and to serve God. The Lord has to keep you broke, to keep you needy in order to keep you at the foot of the cross. But Joseph was promoted and he was blessed and he was honored and he never never let that go to his head and he never let him mess up his thought process and the Lord was with him in the palace oh Joseph loved the Lord more than he loved the luxuries of the palace the Lord was with Joseph so this morning I want to give you five times that the Lord was with Joseph. I gave you four in an introduction this morning. But now I'll preach to you a separate outline and give you five. That times that the Lord was with Joseph. This is really the message. I just can't preach Joseph's life without at least giving you that much. Have a background of who he is and what he does. The Lord was with Joseph first of all this morning. I want to say the Lord was with Joseph as a shepherd's lad. When he was just a little boy, the Lord was with Joseph. I mean, is it child. God was with Joseph. Joseph had an anointing on his life. And I cannot think of anything better to be in a child's life but the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God. Oh, praise the Lord. Back a couple of weeks ago, I preached about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. I can't think of a better way to grow up than under the shadow of the anointing of the Holy 
Holy Ghost. I mean, very little to really cranks my tractor like it does when we start to have a real meeting and things get on around here. And I look around and see some of these little ones that maybe hadn't been saved but just a short time. And they got tears dripping off of their chin. And they're hugging necks and raising their hand and getting in their altar and praying in the Holy Ghost. I mean, there's very little in the world that really gets me excited like that. And my friend, there is nothing as important to have in your life as a young person as to have the Holy Ghost on your life. To have the Lord with you. Jesus said it in Matthew 19. And in verse 14, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for as such as the kingdom of heaven. I'll praise God for the anointing that was on Joseph's life. God was with Joseph when he was just a shepherd lad. Y'all, and listen, I don't want to confuse anybody this morning. I don't want to get anybody thinking wrong or whatever else, but you can think of this, whatever you want to think of it this morning. It's just a fact. And when I was just a little boy, I knew before I was ever saved that the Lord wanted me to preach. Now, that may sound completely confusing. And my friend, it is getting the cart before the horse. I know that. I understand the Lord doesn't call somebody to preach until He has saved their souls. But I'm just telling you, I knew before ever and got saved that the Lord was going to use me in the ministry and you think about that whatever you want to think about it this morning I mean when I was not even old enough to go to school I'd line up the cat and the dog and Raggedy Ann and Andy and my friends set them out in the out in the congregation and put the toy chest that had a had a blackboard on it in front of me and it sloped like this like a pulpit and I'd set my book on that pulpit and I would preach the devil out of Raggedy Ann and Andy and the cat and the dog and baptize them and I knew that it was not just some and not just some acting out or not just some a thing like children often do in playing church but I knew God had a purpose for my life matter of fact when God was dealing with my soul to save me I told the Lord I don't want to get saved if I do get saved you'll make me preach sure as the world and I'm not ready for that. And I put off getting saved to try to keep from preaching. Amen. Oh, and shares the world he did. And the night that I got saved, I told him, oh Lord, I'll do anything if you'll just save my soul. Don't let me go to hell. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. And listen, I wasn't really surrendering to the ministry that night, but without knowing it, I was surrendering to the ministry. When I said I'll do whatever you want me to do, I really meant anything but that. But the Lord knew my heart. I was even willing to do that. Oh, praise God. He didn't save me because I was willing to preach. But when I got willing to be, I to receive Him as my Savior, He began working on me to preach. And finally, I surrendered to Him in the ministry. I'm so thankful then. I looked at that time, how many days, and I thought, Lord, I wish you'd leave me alone. I'm not ready for such as that. I can't do that. But now I look back and think, isn't it wonderful to go up under the anointing of the Holy Ghost? Isn't it a blessing to have God's hand on your life all the days of your life? Oh, well, the young people grow up with all sorts of things going on in their heads. How oh, where they're going to find their next fix or how oh, where they're going to find the next party where the liquor's going on at and all that kind of stuff. How far they can run and how many things they can do. 
do. Oh, but I grew up as a little boy. I grew up as a teenage boy on the backside of the pasture wallowing on the creek bank and the leaves. I'm begging the Lord to put His anointing on my life. I knew what it was to have God resting on my heart and to be anointed the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, friend, there is nothing in the world better than that. The Lord was with Joseph as a shepherd's lad. And listen, even with him on my life, I made more mistakes than I can shake a stick at. I made the more, had more failures than I'd ever want to tell you about. I fell short of the glory of God more times than I want to count or enumerate or remember or think about. Oh, but I'm telling you, I can't imagine how far gone I could have been had the Lord's hand not been on my life. I pray God had put His hand on all of our children. I've asked the Lord to shadow around my children children to fight the devil off for their sake to put his precious power on their lives to anoint them to give them wisdom to make wise choices they'll make enough mistakes mess up enough even under the anointing let alone outside of it oh how we need our children to be under the anointing of the power of God while they're just children listen Joseph was anointed of God the Lord was with him when he was just a shepherd's lad amen Oh, thank God. The Lord was with him in his devotions. You see, Joseph was different. As just a boy, Joseph was different. His daddy would take them all. Jacob would take all them boys to prayer time. He'd take all of them when it come time to offer sacrifice. But the rest of them just sort of went through the motions. But not Joseph. Oh no. And Joseph took to, took it serious to be spiritual. Amen. He was serious about being spiritual. He was serious about his commitment to the Lord. And Joseph was devoted to it. He was committed to God. He was committed to spiritual things. And Joseph, my friend, was different in his dress. He wore a different coat than the rest. He wore a coat that his father made of him. Made for him a coat of many colors and it showed his father's favor but it also represented the spirituality of God's people when God is with you your dress will show spirituality and now this morning I don't want to just preach against everything but I got to say something while I'm here if the Lord is with you it will be manifested on you and I realize we're in a day where there's about me and two other preachers left on planet earth that's still preach on this and I have people ask me do you still believe all of that and I do I do I do I do I do I have never seen a person filled with the Holy Ghost that is satisfied running about naked they've got to put some clothes on amen if you are saved by God's grace and you are indecent most of the time you ought to be ashamed of yourself and it ought to bother you down on the inside if you're loose in the way that you dress if you don't cover yourself up if you provoke others to notice you because of the way that you dress if you are immodest in the way that you dress you are desecrating the temple of the Holy Ghost somebody said it's what's on the inside that counts that's right what's on the inside is the most important thing but if the Holy Ghost is inside then that means your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and the 
how you adorn this temple of the Holy Ghost does matter. Amen. That's exactly right. And your body is a testimony to others of what you really think about your relationship with Jesus. And beyond that, when you come to this outward temple of this house of God, the way that we treat this place does matter. And it does testify what we think of God and our relationship to God. And if you can be satisfied coming to church how the same way you would to go to a wiener roast or the same way you would my friend to go to a pajama party it does not take or show that you forsake or take very seriously that thing of your relationship with Jesus and the worship in God's house Joseph the Lord was with him and it made him dress different than all of his brothers. Amen. Somebody said, but everybody else in the church does this, that, and other thing. Let everybody else do whatever they do. All of Joseph's brothers did different too. But he said, I'm going to wear the coat my father set aside for me. And you need to decide you're going to dress the way God's pleased with and stop running around like everybody else does. It's not everybody else you're going to answer to on Judgment Day. It's God you're going to answer to on Judgment Day. Amen. And the boys you ought to get your hair cut. Amen. That's right, friend. And you ought to look like a woman if you're a woman. And you ought to look like a man if you're a man. And anything that misidentifies you and makes you look like you're trans or bi or gay or whatever else it is that's going on in our world, you ought to run from that like the plague. Amen. If it makes you look like one of them, then you ought not to wear it or do it or act like it. You ought to run from that. Amen. When I was a teenage boy and some of y'all around that went to school with us and some of y'all around that's as old as I am or older, when I was a teenage boy, the fad first began. That boy was wearing earrings. Amen. And some of them would say you'd wear it, wear it in one ear if you were not gay and the other ear if you was gay. As far as I was concerned, you was in trouble if you was wearing it in either ear. Amen. And if you put it in one ear and it was the one that said you were not gay, you were only about that far from being one. Amen. If you do anything that identifies you with that crowd, you ought to stop it. And my friend, be clearly identified as a man or as a woman because there is no such thing as a man that's ever become a woman. Bruce Jenner is not much of a man, but he will never be a woman. Amen. He will never be a woman. Are you listening to me this morning? We are in a day that people have gone stark raving crazy but do not go with them do not go with them if the Lord is with you you ought to be different in your dress this morning as a shepherd's lad he was different in his devotions and in his dress because the Lord was with him he was different in his dreams because the Lord was with him he had visions of God's blessings of God's promotion of God's purpose for his life he had a vision of God using him to be a blessing to people and to point men toward God you can think of it what you want to I have seen this little white church on the side of this hill before there ever was a little white church on the side of the hill. I have seen the cars pulling in the driveway and seen families walking across the parking lot holding hands and carrying their Bibles. 
in my dreams at night I have seen it and I've also seen it with my eyes oh praise God hallelujah hallelujah I have seen it I have preached messages in my dreams at night and woke up in the midst of the night knowing they came from God and wrote down the outlines and wrote down the message and stood to the pulpit and preached what God gave me in my sleep I'm telling you my friend God if he's with you will cause you to see things differently than the way this whole world sees them oh praise God hallelujah last night while I was amusing on this message and went off to sleep and thinking about it during the night I dreamed about one meeting after another one revival after another I could see the musicians over here playing their musical instruments I could hear the choir singing I could hear the congregation shouting praise God you talk about the right kind of dreams buddy that's the right kind when God is with you and you can have peace in your sleep you can have dreams that are precious I tell you I've dreamed a little bit about heaven over the years I've seen those that have gone on I don't know if my dreams are all together accurate or what it's going to be like but one of these days that which is yet to be on sight will become reality before our eyes and it's really going to happen and we're really going to see it and what a day that day is going to be faith will end in sight that which we've dreamed about is really going to happen hallelujah as a shepherd lad the Lord was with him hallelujah and I thought just cause I got feeling better my voice is all the way back and I've about preached her out already but I ain't done preaching so I'm just going to press accelerator. Amen. Thank God the Lord was with Joseph when he was a shepherd's lad. The Lord was with Joseph when he was sold to an Ishmaelite caravan. They sold him out and we mentioned it a moment ago I'll not give the Sunday school lesson again. My friend but the longest night you will ever have in your life is when a friend betrays you. When someone you love turns on you in betrayal. Joseph knew about that, but the Lord was with him. Listen to me this morning. Preachers know about betrayal. Virtually every preacher has or will have or has had had that experience where the same one you thought was your best supporter stops inviting you for supper to their house and starts roasting you at every meal. They turn on you like a dog. I talk about you up the country and down the country. I used to kid about how they would make cakes and deliver cakes to somebody else's house. And if you ever saw a certain person come to your house with a cake, Marco down, they had come to destroy the preacher because they didn't bring you a cake while they loved the preacher. They brought you a cake when they wanted to sit down at your kitchen table and tell you how mad they were. And it always started off something like this. Now we love that preacher and all. And everybody knows we've been good to him and everything but this thing has just gone too far he's crossed the line this time we've got to get rid of him and so if somebody bakes a cake you might ought to watch out you might not ought to eat it amen either that or just call me and I'll come help you eat it and see if they're brave enough to talk like that with both of us listening amen I doubt they will and we'll get the cake and eat it too amen oh my friend hey 
today. Preachers know something about betrayal. But my friend, preachers' wives, preachers' families, they know something about betrayal. I know preachers' boys and girls who have literally gone without so that dad could serve a congregation and his family get in with him and serve and to do what's right by that congregation and to come home and find their furniture thrown out of the pastorium and set out on the lawn and a note telling them to get out of town. Oh, I'm telling you, a lot of boys and girls that have grown up in preachers' households have grown up bitter because of how they've been betrayed. But I'm telling you, listen to me. And my friend, when the others betray you, when somebody else turns against you, when your brothers sell you out or sell you down the river, remember the Lord will be with you. God will not betray you. You can trust the Lord in betrayal. You see, not only, not only do preachers know about betrayal, but people in the pews know about betrayal. Some of you in the pew this morning, you know what it's like to have a friend, a family member, someone you cared about that turned on you like a dog. But the Lord will be with you when others betray you. People of character know about betrayal. Joseph did not do anything to be treated like this. Sometimes people do you wrong without an ounce of provocation. But the Lord is with you. And I want to tell you something. There is a person that knows something about betrayal more than any of us knows. He had a friend that walked with him, slept with him, supped with him. He put his food in the same bowl as the Lord Jesus the night that he betrayed him. And to my friend, whenever he came out to where Jesus was to betray him, he didn't betray him with a stick in his eye or my friend with a dart in his heart. But he betrayed him with a kiss. Judas is Iscariot sold him like a slave sold him like the brothers sold to Joseph into Egypt and Jesus knows about betrayal but my friend there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother he'll never betray you he'll never turn his back on you he'll never stab you in the back he'll never sell you down the river he'll always be there and be your friend when he was sold as an Ishmael, in the Ishmaelite caravan, the Lord was with him. When he was a shepherd lad, the Lord was with him. When he was seduced by a wicked woman, the Lord was with Joseph. Oh, this was a place of temptation. But Joseph did not yield. He didn't give in to temptation. Joseph was in an impossible situation. If he went along with the seduction of Potiphar's wife, Potiphar would have eventually found out and killed him. And my friend, hey, if he did not, this woman feeling scorn, I would vengefully lash out against him in spite. But the decision for Joseph did not come down to a calculation concerning the consequences of his actions. But for Joseph, it was a matter of not sinning against God. For in verse number 9, he said, He said, Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? For Joseph, it was not about Potiphar. It was not about Potiphar's wife. 
life. It was not about what other people will think. It was I cannot betray God. I've got to be faithful to God. If you only do right because of what can happen, as a result, you will get off track somewhere. But if you remember the Lord is with you and you do right for Him, then you'll stay true to the Lord. The Lord was with Joseph while he was seduced by a wicked woman. We're living in a day and age where the average preacher is in severe trouble and seems to have major issues with this very thing. And I'm cautious not to cast too large stones. I'm just sounding a warning this morning that there is nobody above sin, that there is nobody able to whip the devil on their own. And you better commit your way unto God if you're going to stand in this day. If you're going to do right, it needs to be because there's a right doer in you. You need to have God in your life. You need the Lord with you if you're going to do right. That temptation abounds on every side. Used to be a day when it was a little harder to come along with. It's a little harder to locate. It's always existed. But it's a little harder to locate, a little harder to access. Today, you don't have to seek it out. It is in your face. It is staring you in the eye every day. Temptation of every sort. But I'll tell you what you better do. Dig in your heels. Turn up your loins. Put on the whole armor of God. And resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. Amen. Amen. When seduced by a wicked woman. I want to go on record and just say this. Just, just a fact. There is not a woman on planet earth. I don't care who she is. That is worth losing your character. That is worth losing your dignity. That is worth losing your relationship with God. That is worth forfeiting your relationship with your family. That is worth losing your ministry. That is worth giving up your testimony. That is worth forfeiting your influence. Amen. That's exactly right. Yesterday I listened about four or five hours to some of the finest preaching. I was at the office putting together a, a desk that I'd purchased that came in five million pieces and the instructions were in Chinese. <laughs> I mean, I thought I would never get that thing put together. And that we were, uh, while I was putting it together, I was listening to about four or five hours of some of the finest preaching on planet Earth. I mean, it was coming from one of the men who has uh, this day found himself in a place where his testimony is gone. Hey, he has virtually no influence left. 30, 40 years ago we preached with great power. Preached wonderful messages. I mean I was stirred to my soul. I found myself one moment weeping, another moment crying, another moment sounding, another moment laughing, rejoicing in the Lord. And then as I got so happy in the Lord I was laying flat on my back up under that desk with a screwdriver above my head and putting those screws in the bottom side of that desk and I looked up in the ceiling and the light shining out in here in the echo of that preaching. I'm thinking where his life is today. And I laid in the floor and wept and said, Oh God, have mercy on my soul that I may not ever be in that place. There is, listen, I love all you ladies, but there is not a woman on planet earth that is worth losing all of that. I mean, keep your character, keep your gumption, and keep yourself pure. Keep your hands to your yourself. Amen. That's exactly right. And my friend,
Honey, let every man have his own wife. And let him then have pleasure and joy in her and not in the arms of another. Yes, sir. Marriage is honorable and all in the bed is undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't like preaching on that. I don't even like mentioning it. It embarrasses me. I don't, those of you who know me well knows I don't even talk about stuff like that. It embarrasses me to say stuff like that in the pulpit. But it's time somebody preached against it. We're living in a day where everything goes and it ought not to be that way. Where anything's alright and it's not alright. Amen. God, help us this morning. If the Lord's with you, you say, I can't help this and that. I don't want to hear a word of that. If you want to tell somebody about that, tell somebody besides this preacher. I'm not interested in hearing what you can and can't do. It's what you will and won't do. And if you will, you'll do anything. And if you won't, you won't. Amen. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. Amen. Seduced by a wicked woman, the Lord was with him as a shepherd boy. The Lord was with him as sold to the Ishmaelite caravan. The Lord was with him when he stood before his brethren. Seven good years pass. He gathers up all the groceries, 20% a year. Famine hits. And it doesn't just hit in Egypt, it hits in the whole world. But the news is shed abroad whenever his brothers back in the homeland get hungry. There's a man. They don't know who he is. There's a man down in Egypt that's got corn. And we ought to go get some. And they come down to where he is. And he sees them and he knows them, but they don't know him. It would have been so difficult for most people to have looked on his brethren and not hate them. They sold me out. They mistreated me. I will not forget what they've done to me. I'll remember it till the day I die. If it's the last thing I do, I'll get back at them. That's the way the world thinks. You know what people think? They think it sounds cool to say such stupidity. As I don't get mad, I get even. Why don't you get right? I mean, why don't you just get right with God? And if you'll get right with God, you don't need to get mad or get even. Just get right with God. I mean, that's what it makes the difference. But people today have such vengeance in their mind. And the Lord said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Saith the Lord, it's not for you to get even. Get right. Would have been so hard not to hate them. Would have been so easy for many people to have killed these men. Joseph had the power at his disposal to do it. But he did not because the Lord was with him. God gave him strength to forgive his brothers. The first time in the whole Bible the word forgive is ever mentioned is Genesis chapter number 15. And I think it's verse 16. And the Bible said that Joseph forgave them. He forgave his brothers. God gave him strength to forgive. God gave him softness of heart to be humble. He didn't fly off the handle in anger, but he wept aloud in humility. God gave him steadiness to be meek, to be under control. 
and not to fly off the handle. And God gave him strength to show kindness unto the ones who had mistreated him. He was kind to his foes in Egypt. He was kind to his family. He was kind to his father. The Lord was with him. And that kept him from getting bitter and having a bad spirit about him. I wonder what is your attitude and your spirit like? If we're not real careful, we'll have a bad spirit towards the people who were even our relatives. Matter of fact, it's sometimes easiest to have a bad spirit towards your relatives because you know enough about them to be bad spirited about. Amen. My daddy said one time that uh, family was God's way of teaching us how to love people that we otherwise wouldn't even like. And sometimes that's true. Listening to some of Mays Jackson, he's not the preacher I was talking about a while ago. Brother Mays died true. I listened to him preach his last message. Brother John, I believe he was there with me the night he preached his last message. And he stayed true to the day he left this old world. And he preached about going back to heaven about 30 minutes before he left this world to go. Amen. Hallelujah. And he rejoiced in Jesus and we shook hands with him and didn't know that'd be the last time we'd ever see the old time preacher man. I was listening to Brother Mays preach yesterday and he's telling a little bit about how that he and his oldest boy, when he was just a child, he said he was a little too hard on him. Said his oldest boy come home and says, Daddy, said they're having a little bit of a get-together down to school and said, I'd like to go if it's all right. He said, no, you're not going. He said, but Daddy, said, I, he said, don't, but Daddy me, you're not going? God, have you down there amongst them heathens and all the wicked kids and all the foolishness going on? You're not going? He said, but daddy, I'm around him every day at school. He said, I don't care. You're not going. I done said it. That's it. You're not going. I done said my peace. You're just not going. He said, I chewed him out. And he said, I kind of felt bad about it, but I wasn't going to give in. And he said, my boy got mad at me. I sat down at the supper table. And he said, Dot, his wife called on him to pray and said, said the blessing. His boy bowed his head and he said, dear Lord, I want to thank you for the food and for a place to live, and I want to thank you for a good mother and two fine brothers. Amen. <laughs> May said he sat there boiling mad. Brother May said, I'll get him, sure as the world. I'll show him. I'll do him the same way he's done me. And if he won't pray for me, I won't pray for him. Y'all listening to me now? Bad spirit we're talking about. He said it come time for family devotions. And he said we had family devotions because we always had family devotions. But he said my heart wasn't in it. And when it come time to pray, he said I prayed. And he said I prayed for Dot. And I prayed for my two boys. And I didn't pray for my oldest son. And I closed out the prayer. And I thought I'll give him a dose of his own medicine. And he won't pray for me. And I won't pray for him. And he said I went to bed. And I couldn't sleep. I couldn't rest no matter what I did. I couldn't rest. I couldn't get an ounce of sleep. I tossed and I turned. He said about 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Said his wife told him, says, why don't you get up and go in there? He said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Said that boy, he knows better than the way he's done. I'm not doing it. She said, well, good heavens, Mays, go in there and get it right. He said, I laid there and would not. Said finally, I just told the Lord I ain't going to. Lord said, that's all right. I said, you can lay here all night if you want to because you're not going to sleep until you do. 
said, finally, I laid there and I grunted and I grumbled and I grunted and I grumbled. And he said, about 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning, I sat up on the side of the bed. He said, I thought Dot was asleep. And said, as soon as I sat on the side of the bed, I heard her say, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> he said, I'm going to go in there and talk to him and tell him I had a bad spirit that I'm sorry and I ought not to have done that and that I'm going to pray for him. He said, I told the Lord I can't go in there and wake him up. I'll wake him up. He'll be nervous all day at school tomorrow because I woke him up. Nervous at school. He said, I got up and walked to the door. And he said, when I opened the door, he said, my little boy was standing right in front of the door crying. And he said, son, what are you doing here? He said, daddy, I've been standing here for about an hour and a half wanting to come in there and tell you something. I sure am sorry. I had a bad attitude tonight. I had the wrong spirit and I can't sleep a week. I need to get it right with you and I've been scared to come in there and wake you up. I'm afraid you'd be nervous all day tomorrow if I woke you up. But I can't sleep a week till I get this thing right. And me said, I looked at him and said, son, I was coming over there to wake you up and tell you I hadn't been able to sleep. I had a bad spirit and I needed to get it right and daddy's sorry that he didn't do right and I want you to forgive me and he said we stood there and said my boy shouted and I shouted and Doc said what is all that racket out there he said we're having cat meat out here in the hall amen I tell you when we get a right spirit about us and begin to forgive those who have done us wrong and have the right attitude about us God will give us revival in our hearts and in our homes but while we are stiff-necked and hard-hearted and resistant to God's working in us and shaking our heads and saying, I will not forgive them and I will not love them and I will get back at them, you will not have peace in your life. Joseph's son was born when he had a son. And he called the first one a name that meant God has caused me to forget. Hallelujah. He said, the Lord gave me Holy Ghost amnesia and all the bad stuff that had made me bitter. I forgot about it. And God's given me deliverance. This morning it'll do some, some of you some good to forget some things. To put some things apart. You just stew on it all day. It's eating you up from the inside out. Oh, and it's destroying you. You need to get it right before you become bitter. If God is with you, you can forgive. And you can't forget. If Joseph could, anybody could. Because there is nobody in the building this morning that's been done as wrong as Joseph was. And besides that, ain't none of us got clean hands. There's somebody you've not done right. You might not want to accept that this morning. That may stick like a burr in your saddle, but it's a fact. You have not always done everybody else right. And if people don't forgive you, you will not have forgiveness. If you want to be forgiven, you need to be a forgiver. Jesus said, if you'll forgive not your brother, the Lord will forgive not you. If you're harboring bitterness and meanness and malice in your heart this morning, you don't need to get mad or get even. You need to get right. And if the Lord's with you, you can. You can. Do you have a valid case this morning? You're justified to be angry at who you're angry at. You're justified to be bitter. You ought to be. 
Makes plenty of sense. Thing is, it's going to kill you nonetheless. Better just get it right. Was Joseph justified to be angry with him? Absolutely. Did it help him any to be mad? Not one ounce. So he shows him kindness. I'm finished preaching this morning. One thing that I'll say closing out the message. Joseph, God was with Joseph when he was shepherd's lad, sold into Ishmaelite caravan, seduced by a wicked woman, stood before his brethren. God was with Joseph when he was sealed in a coffin. Genesis 20, 50 and verse 26, the Bible said Joseph died in Egypt when he was 110 years old and he was sealed in a coffin. But the Lord was with him. We know this for Joseph told his brothers in verse 25 of that chapter. There'll come a time when God delivers these people out of this, child, out of this place of Egypt. There will come a time when you're going to leave out of this sin-cursed, wicked, ungodly land. And when you do, do not leave my bones in this place. Take me up out of this world and take me out with you. Oh, Joseph forgave his brothers so much he wanted to go back home with them. Amen. He said, whenever you take your families out of this place, take me out with you. Don't leave my body here. Don't leave me in Egypt. Hallelujah. Take me out. This coffin was a hope change. I'm telling you there is coming a day when we are leaving out and even those coffins are going to go with us even those who have died and those of us who are alive will not prevent them who are asleep but my friend they will rise and be resurrected and be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye and we will exit out of this old world and go home to be with the Lord praise God hallelujah the Lord was with them even in the coffin even in the coffin the grave seems so final and cold but we'll meet them where death has no victory in a land where we'll never grow old oh there's a great getting up morning and there's a glad reunion day Hallelujah. Some of you this morning, I could look around this building and begin calling names and your loved ones that I have been with you when you have said farewell to them and, uh, and said goodbye in this old world. But if they know the Lord, oh, we're going to see them again. Hallelujah. And I say, look for me, for I will be there too. What a day that day is going to be. How oh, the Lord was with Joseph even when he met the coffin. Everybody stand. I've preached what the Lord's laid on my heart this morning. I don't know why. Felt like I'd maybe focus a lot on that coffin and that hope chest at the end of the message, but I feel like somehow or another I'm supposed to just really bear down on that portion where Joseph forgave his brethren. This morning where you are, I'd beg you to get things right with God and right with your brother. Some of you got family you can't talk to, friends you can't talk to, neighbors and church people. Some person that you've been bitter at for years, that's foolish. It'll destroy both of you. Get it right with God this morning. Let the Lord do something in your life. There's people in this building, the Lord dealt with your heart in the first part of the message. You're not separated. You're wallowing in some sin that you ought not to be. You ought to get victory from the Lord. Get help from God. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with us this morning. Let's sing. What's your number here, Brother John? Say 44. Come unto me.
If you need help from the Lord, you need help from God, I'd beg you to come do business with the Lord. Some of you need to pray, would you come? Don't get mad or get even, get right. Calling the oppressed. Oh, you heavy laden, come to me and rest. Come no longer tarry. Something in your heart that ought not to be, some sin, some wickedness, some ungodliness of some kind, some failure to forgive, some yielding to the flesh that you have that you need to get set up in your life. Would you be obedient to the Lord and sense to the Holy Ghost? The Lord was with Joseph. Get right with God and get right with others. Come and trust my mind. sing pointed wandering here and there you need to pray when you come new and holy feelings struggle in your breast bring your case to Jesus are you sure you're right with God this morning are you satisfied with where you stand with the Lord your heart right with him. are praying and others need to pray. Would you come? Please obey the Lord this morning. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Let God accomplish a good work in His, in your heart and in your life. Don't leave out of here without peace. Come. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Of guilt depressed. 